This is Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. And here, we take that chance for you, to let you know if a show is worth more than just that one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power is a Netflix original show in cooperation with DreamWorks. This one's a Netflix original show. We're watching the 2021, not the one from like 85, 86. I don't know. I was just about to get to the year. But yeah, we're watching the 2020 She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, a DreamWorks and Netflix collaboration. Mind you, I would believe it came out before 2020 because it has five seasons. I assume 2020 was just the re-update for the fifth season. Probably. That makes more sense. Mm -hmm. It's been around for longer than that. I was aware of that. I wasn't. 2020 was very long. I imagine that all five seasons could have come out in that one year. Nah, it's from like 2018 or some shit like that, I think. Hmm. Anyways, so before we dive into She-Ra, I just want to say this show is probably going to be good. Like, not this episode. All of our episodes are good. But She-Ra is probably going to be good because we purposely chose it. We wanted something not bad because we just watched Star Wars. We needed a palate cleanser, guys. Yeah, and Monster by Mistake. And we wanted something not bad. And I'd only heard good things about this show. Yeah, John on System Mastery hypes it up like crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm down with it. Everyone I've heard talk about it has enjoyed it, so fuck it. Let's do a good thing. So, the first episode is entitled The Sword, Part 1. Yeah, I don't know why, like, it's named after a power metal band, but I'm down with it. I just wish more power metal showed up in this episode. Honestly, I had a chance to go see The Sword 2018, was it? Yeah, same. But instead, I hung out with my friends and played a war strategy game that was very fun, mind you, but... Part of me still regrets not going to see the sword. Yeah, that would have been a hell of a way to kick off Gen Con that year. Yeah, it would have. (laughs) So anyways, the show opens with some pretty colors. Establishing shots. Yeah, we see some like vaguely polygonal shades, some purples and some blues, pan down to a weird floaty orb of water or light, I can't tell what it is. Zoom through a field of flowers, past an apocalypse-toned cityscape. I put dystopian, but apocalypse is a good question. I was thinking apocalypse world, like DC. Mm. I was thinking, like, it honestly looked a lot like Phyrexia, but... Yeah, but it had more of a reddish tone. Yeah. Like... And the Apocalypse world looks vaguely Phyrexia, but with red tones. I'm glad we get to talk about Phyrexia here. And we just go through all that, and then we cut into a locker room where we see Adora punching a sandbag. We don't know her name yet. I know her name is Adora. I already knew this. I knew who the character was, okay? Yeah, we see a woman getting suited up in, like, armor-ish. It looks like a laser tag vest. Yeah, I mean... Honestly. A belt with a symbol on it, a what looked like a brace, like an arm brace or gauntlet made of like a hard, sturdy plastic. So I had assumed it was like a scanner interface or something where you could like look at your arm and be like tracking it along, moving stuff, you know, like an iPad on a on an arm. And she's just punching away at a sandbag that has a picture of some evil person. Yeah, some evil person. That sounds right. And then an announcement comes over the speakers calling all squadrons to the training area for evaluation. Yeah, so we see her suit up, which is like putting, said, just like putting on the brace because she's already wearing the laser vest and the belt, and then she puts on a heads-up display, yep. glasses, scanner thing. I don't know. It's it's green and doesn't look whenever, very... When everyone gets to the training area, somebody asks where Katra is, and yeah. our main character is like, she'll be here. She'll, she'll be here. She doesn't show up till much later, but yeah. We find out they're doing a simulation of something called the Whispering Woods, a mm-hmm. place where insurgents led by the Queen are holed up. Yeah, the simulation is meant to, they will go through the Whispering Woods to get to the insurgency base of Bright Moon to take on the Queen of Princesses. And there will be a lot of princess instigators of the sort that they'll have to fight in the Whispering Woods. Princesses should be noted as vile and vicious instigators. Yes. So, um, so the simulation then takes place in an X-Men style danger room? Yeah. Yeah, it does. They're all wearing heads-up displays that when we see through them, they're not even great. They're just like purple shape with evil face shooting lasers, but the actual lasers are being shot by robots. Yes. And they have these pillars sticking up on the ground that they're weaving around, which I assume are meant to mimic trees. But when we see through a heads-up display, they're not like painted over with like tree. You still just see the pillar. And I'm just like, I feel like your holograms are very lackluster. I think I think I could just put like a VR headset on someone and map it over the room and we'd probably be doing better. But whatever. Yeah. 
And then a guy in her squadron named Kyle gets taken out very early in this training mm-hmm. simulation by one of the princesses. And this is where we learn our main character's name. Her name is Adora. Yes. Yep. You we were... also learn here that the arm brace is more of a hollow shield because they get distracted by Kyle getting knocked down. They're like, Kyle! And then they get shot by robots and they hold their arms and what do you know, it's a hollow shield. And then a large robot attacks Adora and two of her squadron members. And we also see, in a, in a brief moment, a just shadowy bluish figure with heterochromia eyes and cat-like features assumingly Catro, like sneaking in yep so she's she's arrived yeah and then upon defeating the large robot adora gets knocked away well i think there's one thing to note here that when the robot hits the ground which is all hexes that they're standing on the ground falls away yeah um they light up red and they fall away Mm -hmm. so adora jumps on the robot stabs it in the eyes the robot falls down and I guess it falls with enough pressure to set off the sensors for the floor because they go right and it falls. Yeah. But catches itself with its big robot legs. And Adora gets knocked down, and we see the hex underneath her go red. Yep. And she doesn't notice it because she's distracted by... Catra. By Catra finally showing up, yeah. And Catra just saunters up to the giant robot, barely hanging onto the ground, and just casually pushes its leg with her foot, and it falls in. Yep. But because Adora was distracted, she falls in the hole. Mm Mm-hmm. Where she barely manages to catch herself with a telescoping pole. Yeah, she extends it, it catches the sides of the hole. And then Catcher walks up and mocks her. Yep. Back in the locker room, then Adora... I would like to know it's a playful, playful mocking. Yeah, and then back in the locker room, Adora playfully scolds Catcher about being immature and showing up late and like... Like how they can't do that anymore, like no jokes or pranks or anything. Then she yells mouse and Catra, as a cat person, if you hadn't figured that vaguely out from her name, kind of puffs up like a cat and goes, where... And Adora just burst out laughing. Yeah. Should we mention she's making the point that they can't act immature and pull jokes and stuff mm-hmm. like that anymore? Because they're now senior cadets. Yes. Yep. While they were joking, though, someone named Shadow Weaver shows up to congratulate Adora on her time in the simulation. Dream Weaver. No, Shadow Weaver. Oh, shit. I have all my notes wrong. Yeah, wrong. I just started calling her SW because yeah, Shadow obviously. Weaver's Shadow Weaver's way, way too much, much to type, type in notes. Yeah. So Shadow Weaver and Adora take a walk. Well, well, here, I think it's vaguely important to notice that Shadow Weaver compliments Adora on finishing the course so fast and finishing her training so fast. And Adora's just like, Catra's finished it all just as fast. No, she didn't. That's a lie. And Adora even knows it's yeah. a lie. And Catra's like, yeah. And Shadow Weaver's just like, she's unresponsible. She's lazy. I don't care. And Catra's just like, great to see you're passing on compliments. And Shadow Weaver's just like, silence. Her hair goes all floaty. Her eyes narrow. And Catra kind of pouts. And then Shadow Weaver and Adora walk off. Yeah, like... Even if Catra has completed the training in the same amount of time as Adora, it's only because she showed up late and took other people's credit. Yeah, the only argument here would be, yeah, Catra has. We should probably be putting Catra in a different training course for, like, spies and assassins, because she stealthily sneaks into the training mission without us noticing. She then uses minimal effort to accomplish her task, and then gets out. Yeah, but anyways, Shadow Weaver and Adora take that walk, and Shadow Weaver tells her that Lord Hordak? Hordak. Hordak, Hordak, yeah. Think she's a good candidate for force captain. Yeah, and um, they want her to lead a squad in the invasion of the rebel fortress of Thaymor. And Adora's like, I'll be able to command the rest of my squad, right? And Shadow Weaver's like, no, the rest yeah, of your squad aren't ready. They're not ready. And Adora's like, what? But they, they totally are. I, especially Catra. Like, Catra's definitely ready. She got through everything just as fast as me. And Shadow Weaver's again just like, nah, if she wanted this, she should have worked harder. Yeah, and then... Adora still pleads with Shadow Weaver, and Shadow Weaver's like, look, this is what you wanted, right? This is everything you wanted since we adopted you. This is what I raised you for. Yep. And um, then she uh, hands Adora a badge of some sort. Yep, a badge. And then we cut to a much more bright, brightly lit castle, much more bright colors. It's uh, very pastel. And a lake area. and A very fantasy-esque castle. Yep. And inside the castle, the queen, uh, we get her name here, but I... I don't remember it. It's not in my notes either. Some knights allow a younger girl into an audience with the queen. And the queen is, like, rebuking her for a felled skirmish that she was trying to lead against orders. And the girl is just like, how are we supposed to win and succeed in this rebellion if we don't fight back? The queen's name is Angela. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And we find out very quickly here that the queen is this girl's mother, and her name is Glimmer. Because the queen's just like, no, you're... you're Glimmer, you're grounded. grounded. You're grounded. And she's like... What? Why'd you even make me a general? Commander. Uh, I thought it was a general. Commander. Why'd you make me even make me a commander if I wasn't going to be allowed to fight? And, and your mom's she... like, you're grounded. You're embarrassing me in front of my court. Go to your room. And, and Glimmer's like, I'm embarrassing you? Fine, mom. I'll go to my room. And storms off angrily. And then we cut back to Adora. She's putting the badge on her shirt 
And then Catra tackles her, like, playfully. And she's just like, how'd that go? What'd you guys talk about? What's going on? And Catra is, like, geared up when she sees the bat. She's like, oh, I'm so fucking ready to get out there and fight, get away from here, you know, just... And then Adora's like, well, it's just me. You didn't get the promotion. And Catra's like, what the fuck? Shadow Weaver hates me. She's never happy with me. She's constantly complaining. She hates everything I do. Yep. And so Catra bounds off, yeah, upset. Scrambling up a building, very nimble. And she forgets to give the badge back to Adora, so Adora's forced to give chase. She follows her up onto the building, and Adora's just like, I wasn't aware you wanted to be a force captain. And Catra's like, no, I, I don't. I, I just, just want to not be here. I want to get out of the fright zone, because the city they live in is called the fright zone. Right? Like, it's like they couldn't have telegraphed that the people that Catra and Adora work for right now. Okay, okay, so Lord Hordak... I'm not, like, it, it feels vaguely rude here, but I mean, Hordak just does not sound like a good person name. It sounds like an ogre or, like, a orc's yeah. name. No offense, Shrek. Shadow Weaver. Hey, Shadow Weaver could be a good guy. That could be a superhero right there. Shadow Weaver? Yeah, but her art style doesn't scream hero or such to me. Yeah. And then the Fright Zone. Yeah. They couldn't have hammered home the fact that these guys are the bad guys any more clearly. Yeah. Also... We don't get it right here, but Adora and Catra and everyone else here knows that their army is called the Horde. Tell me, can you ever remember in in any literature show or movie ever where the Horde are the good guys? I mean, in the Magic the Gathering block, Cons of Tarkir, the Mardu Horde aren't bad guys. They're just one of the five groups of... I didn't say are not the bad guys. I said are the good guys. I mean... Technically, depending on the viewpoint, they're the good guys in this arc. They're, depending they're, on the viewpoint, everyone's the good Sar- guy. They're Sarkon's clan, and Sarkon is the hero of that block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But depending on the viewpoint, everyone's the good guys. It's all about viewpoints and perspective and understanding. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. Also, Ankle Shanker comes from the Mardu Horde. Ankle Shanker? Yeah. Come on. Isn't that the greatest name ever? But after Adora and Katra have that little conversation, Adora's just like, I, you know, I get this next, but... I thought you could at least be a little happy for me. And Catra's like, yeah, whatever. I just really want to get out of the city and see what's, get out of the fright zone and see what's out there. And then Adora holds up some keys and she's like, like right now? Yeah, apparently being a force captain comes with some perks because Adora and Catra then still a flying, a skiff. And I'd like to point out the skiff is not a skiff as in a boat. It is a flying hover skiff they're using to go across like a desert area. Is skiff a word for a boat? Yeah, a skiff is a boat, generally. I've only ever thought of skiffs as flying craft. I mean, no. I feel so stupid right now. I mean, a skiff can refer to more than just a boat, but that's where my mind goes, because it's, it's a shallow, flat-bottom, open boat with a sharp bow and square stern. Like, think motorboats. Those are skiffs. See, I've always thought of skiffs as either one of two things. Desert crafts or flyy crafts. Okay, anyways, Adora corrects Catra and says that they're not stealing, they're borrowing the skiff. Yeah. Because she now has access to them. And they're going to bring it right back. Yep. But they eventually find themselves in the Whispering Woods, and we learn that the Academy, and thus Adora and Catra, are all part of the Horde. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we end up there because Catra's just like, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll go back, but I'm going to fucking pilot this thing. And they fight over it and end up at the woods. And yeah. then Catra, still in control, is just like, we're checking this place out, and tears off into the woods on well, the skiff. Like, before she says we're checking this place out, Adora's like, supposedly every Horde squadron that's been sent into the Whispering Woods have never come out again. And Catra's like, oh, yeah, we're going, we're going in, in. in here. So they're flying through, and Adora starts yelling, like, tree, 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 almost the red tree. They struggle for the control again, and Adora gets knocked off the skiff, or falls off the skiff. Well, Adora, for, like, kind of yanks the control scheme. Yeah, and they so, go up. So it flies straight up so it doesn't smash into the tree, which is exactly what Catra was going to do. But during this... Catra... Well, she was playing chicken with the tree, and if the tree moved first, it was going to lose. And we learn later, supposedly the trees move, so... We actually learned that about 30 seconds ago. Oh, I couldn't remember if it was them or the other people that were talking about it. No. Uh, See, the trees move. Yeah, so the trees move apparently sometimes. No, she was playing chicken no. with a tree. Specifically, the trees move when you're not looking at them. So yeah, if she you're was driving to... your skiff and steering directly That's at the tree. That's why they were about to close their eyes. Stupid. Anyways, though, Adora falls off. And when she vaguely comes to, she sees a sword with some vines growing around it. Yep. And when she touches it, she has a vision and blacks out. And during the vision, she's told... Balance must be restored. Ethereum must seek a hero. And there's baby crying noises. Mm-hmm. And then Adora. Adora. And then Catra's like, Adora, wake up. And Adora's just like, what happened? And Catra's like, you almost crashed the uh, skiff into a tree. And Adora's like, no, that was you. And Catra's just like, whatever. 
There's room for argument. There's really not. Yeah, no. And then Adora's just like, wait, where is it? Where, where's the sword? And Catcher's like, do you have a brain damage? Don't have brain damage. Shadow Weaver will have my head. <laughs> do you have a brain damage? <laughs> and so they can't find it. And Catcher's pretty sure she's just had her head scrambled. So they bow and head back to the Fright Zone. We then cut to Glimmer in her room journaling about how much she's upset with her mother and how her mother doesn't disrespect her. About how her mother doesn't disrespect her? About her, how her mother doesn't respect her. There we go. And then an arrow. Well, we see outside and there's somebody with a bow and arrow drawing an arrow. And like, mm-hmm. We get the tense music. And then an arrow comes flying through her window and almost hits her in the head. And, and the then assassination little... attempt was foiled. Yeah, and then this little scroll falls down from it. And it's a picture of her face with an arrow pointing towards the window underneath it. Yeah, turns out it's her friend Bo. And he's trying to talk to her because he's detected some first ones technology in the woods. Mm-hmm. Probably the sword. Yeah, like, th- there's some brief humorous back and forth. Him yelling at her to come down. And she's just like, I can't. I'm grounded. Like whisper yelling it. And he's just like, what? And it's back and forth. And she teleports down to him, grabs him and teleports back up to her room. She has teleportation powers, guys. How does grounding work when you can teleport? Right. Like you just have to trust the person, which apparently her mother doesn't do anyways. So like, but yeah. So, Bo is trying to convince her to come out in the woods with him mm-hmm. so to find this first one's tech. And she's like, what part of grounded don't you understand? And they're getting into those little arguments. She's like, I can't. He's like, yeah, you can. Yes, you can. 100% you can. Your mom will be so impressed if we find this first one's tech. And bring it back. And, 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 and then She's not entirely convinced. She's like, I really can't. And then... Glimmer? Is there someone in there with you? So, yeah. she poofs him away. And then poofs back in. And she's like, Mom, hold on. I'll be right there. And then we hear them arguing distantly from the window because we're now back down with Bo. And she poops back and she's like, I'm in. Let's do this. Back at the academy, though, Adora is awoken by the same voice from the vision calling her name again. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to head. I, see, I misinterpreted the scene because later we learn that she walks to the Whispering Woods. Right. But like, I assume she was stealing a skiff again. Right. Like, it seemed they traveled so fucking far in that skiff. Yeah. Like the skiff has speed. So like, even if they didn't travel a long time, they traveled Fast. Yeah, but apparently Adora walks back to the Whispering Woods. But before she leaves, Catra wakes up and she's like, where are you going? And Adora's like, gotta go back to the woods. There's something right there. And Catra's like, I'll come with you. And Adora's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to get in trouble. Cover for me. Yeah. Yep. And so we come back to Bo and Glimmer. And they are looking in the forest for the first one tech, assumedly the sword. And Bo's scanner starts messing up. And then Glimmer sees a glowing coming off from the distance. And so they head that way. Yeah. What I have to say is the timeline in this episode doesn't match up, doesn't sync up, because obviously everything happening with um, Glimmer and Bo happens later than Adora waking up, mm-hmm. because Adora walks her way to the Whispering Woods. Unless the Whispering Woods is closer to the Fright Zone than it is to Bright Moon. That doesn't make sense, because Bo is standing right outside the woods, outside the He's castle. He's standing right outside some woods. They may not be the Whispering Woods. Or the Whispering Woods could be massive, so the area they're going to is much closer to the Fright Zone. Okay, well, I... We don't know how expensive no, because, the forest is. Because Glimmer is like, how did you get this far into the forest? Which implying Adora is very, very deep into the rebellion. Or they're territory. very good at like or they're very good at repelling the horde from the forest. So it's like they get like five feet in and they're just slaughtered. Anyway, this scene doesn't these these pair of scenes don't really match up very well because we then cut to Adora who Walking finds the, through sword. the woods. Question is just like, why am I at her? This is so fucking dumb. I'm an idiot. Catra was white. There's nothing. Ooh, a glowy thing. Yeah, she's walking fast, faces in the trees past, and she's, and she's sword bound. And she's sword bound, yeah, yeah, yeah. Da 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 da. And she gets to the clearing where the sword is, just as Bo and Glimmer get there. And Bo and Glimmer are like, Horde! And she's like, Rebels! So they all run towards the sword. All at the same time. And then Glimmer's like, Oh, wait, why am I running? I have teleportation powers. And poofs to the sword. And then Glimmer and Bo proceed to play a game of keep away, trying to keep the sword away from Adora while trying to capture Adora. Yeah. And Adora's just trying to get the sword. She's like, guys, this is all I want. I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to hurt you. I just yeah. want the sword. So they get in like a brief tussle-like situation. The sword falls. Adora falls, but she falls close to the sword. Reaches out, touches it with a fingertip, and... She has another vision. Back to weird subspace vision time. And she meets a entity called Light Hope. Yeah. And Light Hope tells her that the sword is meant for her. And she says, and like... She's been waiting for her. And because she's touched the sword, she's finally made a connection. Yeah, she couldn't communicate with her until she touched the sword. Yeah. And then she's like, will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? Etheria needs you. And, and Adora's just like, Grayskull? Etheria? What? Etheria needs me? What? What's going on? And of course, like every other vague entity who is granting you awesome supreme powers, she's like, you'll know when you need to know quickly. She's like, but, but what? 
Yeah, then Adora wakes up and she is bound and Glimmer and Bo have decided to take her back to Bright Moon, the Rebellion's like home base center castle mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, they accuse Adora of being a spy and she's just like, I- I'm not a spy. Glimmer's questioning how she got here and Glimmer's eventually just like pulls Bo to an aside and from being like really intense and interrogating, he's just being like super happy and going like, oh, this is so great. We have first deck, I have a spy, my mom's going to be so fucking happy. And then they turn around and they're like, all right, back to Bright Moon. Yep. And then Adara and Bo talk about princesses as they walk. Mm-hmm. And Adora's like, I don't know how you can even follow them. They're, they're so dangerous. They can't control themselves. They're, da, 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 they're da, da. violent and everything. And uh, while this is going on, we do have a brief conversation with Bo and Glimmer where Bo is unsure if they're heading in the right direction. And again, Glimmer's just like, we totally are. They had a similar conversation earlier. And Bo's just like, I don't know. I grew up in these woods and this doesn't look familiar. I heard there's some really old and strange and terrifying monsters and things out here. Yep. But also Glimmer overhears Adora talking about how, like, the Horde is just trying to, like, make, like, balance the world. And, yes, because then um, Glimmer, they find this destroyed village and Glimmer's like, does this look like they're trying to balance the world? Trying to keep things safe Uh, in order? And she goes off about how the Horde, since they've appeared, are evil. They pollute, destroy, and burn everything in their way. Yeah, like. uh, And Adora's just like, no, that's not fucking right. That's obviously not done by them, even though there's destroyed horde bots there, because the horde has giant max. Yeah. Then, then what you were getting to, the group is attacked by a giant spider bug. Yeah, Glimmer storm, storms off, heads through a bush while Bo and Adora just stand there. And then there's a big spider-like monster after her. Yep. During this fight, Bo gets knocked aside. Mm-hmm. Glimmer's trying to throw some magic sparkles. And, and as she's trying to protect Bo, the sword gets knocked away. Mm-hmm. Then Glimmer gets knocked away. And Adora runs, picks up the sword, and like yells at the monster, trying to distract it. Mm-hmm. And she's like... Come on, a bright flash thing would be really useful right about now. Come on, magic sword, do the bright flashy thing. And then she blocks a blow from the giant spider monster and flash of light. And then she shouts for the honor of Grayskull. Because she hears the voice like again in her head. And, and she transforms. Actually, in this flash of light, though, we get a few more things. We get flashes of the forest and what I think looks vaguely like the bright moon castle. And what seemed to be a meteor falling towards Etheria. Yeah, I'm not quite for sure. And then we get Light Hope asking again, will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? And then... Adora yells, for the honor of Grayskull, and she turns into Shira. And that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. End of episode one. Thoughts? The show's good. The only, like, here's the thing. It's a similar thing to Ozarks, in that my only complaint about the entire show is the pacing, and that issue comes down mainly to the fact that I'm taking notes about it. Yeah. So when my only complaint is, man, this show has too much going on for me to effectively take notes... That's not a bad complaint. Yeah, like, no, not at all. This show is good. I'm enjoying it. The animation's great. Although, weirdly, the animation reminds me of Steven Universe. And I say weirdly because I on it, there's something about Steven Universe's art that I just don't like, but I like the art in Shira. Okay, so I would argue that it's not the st- the art style that's similar. The art style is not very similar. It's the color palette they've chosen and just the style of animation, not the art style of the characters and models and backgrounds. Okay, that's that's fair. Just It's just the general tone of the art that makes me feel... Yeah, yeah. which is very much done in like the way they do their animation, like the way they move everything, and then the palette. The palette is very bright and very similar. I don't have any specific moments to call out here, but I also enjoyed the scoring. Like, yeah, the, the score music was well done. behind the show all felt very good the entire time I was watching it. I'm with you on all that. I'm, I'm down with the art, the music, the palette of choice. Yeah, very much. I would say... The show is good paced if you're watching it. If you're reviewing it, no. It, it's too fast, but I mean, that's that's not going to be a problem for you, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I my, also... my biggest actual complaint about the show is that it does it well, but especially really well for a show aimed towards a younger audience. But because it's done well for a younger audience means it's just done not well enough to slightly irk me. And that is the establishing of the setting and, and stuff. For a younger audience, feels like the perfect balance. Like, they do it just well enough. It's not too heavy-handed. But the issue is, as an older individual and not a younger audience, it feels just like the slightest bit too much of a heavy-handed. Like, could be a bit lighter in the touch of how it's just bulging everything. Yeah, that's fair. But, honestly, the show does it well. I, it's just, like, a slight irking thing, and it doesn't detract from the show. It doesn't make the show bad. It's just, like, I, I think they could probably have done it a bit better, but it's not a detracting point from the show if that makes sense on my note of the show being maybe a little bit too fast i don't know like i said that's mainly for note-taking issues so Mm -hmm. not really an issue for most people 
I do think there might be an issue with them packing too much information into 24 minutes. Yeah. It feels very much like they were like, we have to get her to be She-Ra by the end of the first episode. Yeah. And a hundred percent. Adora has to be She-Ra. I would almost guarantee that somebody like outside of the creative department was like, if she's not She-Ra by the end of episode one, we can't ship episode one. Like, yeah. It's just that simple. She has to be She-Ra or we can't call the show She-Ra. Get on it. <laughs> But other than that, yeah, no, I'm definitely down to watch episode two. Yeah, I'm going to watch episode two, and let's get started on that. Episode two is the sword part two. If you hadn't figured that out from the fact that episode one was the sword part one. Is Freya in the first part or the second part of the sword's career? Second part, right? Second part, yeah. Yeah. God, that song is so good. So, we return to the show after we get a very short OP. Episode two has an OP. This was the best. Because we, I was literally talking to you, like, as the show yeah. started up, I was like, Wait, does this show even have an like opening? And we were like, you were like, no, I don't think so. I think it's just the Netflix splash screen, the DreamWorks and, splash screen, and, and then, then like a brief recap because we were only like thirty seconds into it when it, Netflix did like the skip intro stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a very brief but well done opening occurs. I, I really like this song, and I actually think the animation was really well done with it. So there are a few things I didn't like in the animation, but the things that I didn't like. Felt oddly classic anime opening things. Like the purple haired character in the opening that shows up, the way her hair then like parts to reveal the other characters behind her. I was like, <laughs> eh, I'm not a fan of that shot. But other than that, no, it's great. The song's good. The opening's still well done. My mind just went, eh. I think I like wasn't that focused on individual shots in the opening because I was just like, I oh hyper- shit, there is an opening. I hyper focused on individual shots because it's just like, Let's see if this opening ruins things about the show, which it kind of does. I mean, yeah, we see Catra fighting Shira, and that Catra is still sided with Hordak and the people, and Shira sided with the people of Brightmoon. So it very much spoils episode two, but episode two very much divulges all of that for you in this episode. So it's not a massive spoiler. It's just like this is how the uh, result of this episode is going to end. Adora is going to be on the side of the Brightmoon and the princesses, and Catra is going to be on the side of Hordak, Shadow Weaver, and the Horde. So I think. I think with Catra and Adora, they never really, like, and probably with, like, most of the generation of younger soldiers in the Horde, they didn't stop and think, oh, Horde, that that's an evil thing. They well, were, they were like, I mean, if you're growing <clears> up <throat> in, like, an army or a civilization or a group that is actively controlling you and wanting you to be part of a army, I feel like you're not going to have that information that Horde are dealing with the bad guys. I don't think you're reading non-approved books, watching non-approved shows. Well, no, like, I think... The, the common assumption among the Horde has to be that, like, the term Horde is derived from their leader, Lord Hordak. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're the Horde because our leader is Lord Hordak. Yeah. Obviously. This makes so much sense. But anyways, when we start back with the actual show, oh, it's back to Shira holding up that giant spider monster's leg. Yep. Talon, I couldn't tell what it was supposed to be. It was a sharp leg. It was a pointy leg. Yeah. Those are almost weird, but... A pointy, stabby leg. So she's in She-Ra outfit now, glowing, and Glimmer and Bo are just like, what? They're astounded. And then- Adora looks down and she's like, what? And then she loses her balance and falls over. Yeah, she freaks out, falls over, and goes back to being Adora. I love this scene because everybody's just like- Oh yeah, like the spider monster stops doing anything and just like falls down, kind of lays down, and Glimmer and Bo run over, and Glimmer takes the sword and is angry and is just like, what did you do? And- Adora's like, what did you do to me? You're the one that has magic. What the fuck? And, and Glimmer's like, we didn't do anything. Whatever this was, it's not happening again. We can't let her do it again. This is not allowed. And then the big spider monster gets up. Yeah. Um. And Bo grabs the sword and gives it back to Adora. He's like, change back now. Do it now. Yeah. Change, please. And Adora's like, I don't know what I did. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. So they all just take off running. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they eventually find this like ruins. After they fall off like a small cliff. Yeah. And they're, they're, there's a brief discussion where they're like, I don't know what's in there, but it has to be better than a giant spider trying to kill us. I think it's the first ones thing. And they're like, I, I don't care. It's probably better than a giant spider trying like, to kill us. But the door's still. How are we going to get in? And they're trying to pry it up. And then the door's like, and Glimmer's what about like, the password? Well, no, Glimmer's like, I'm just going to teleport us in. And Bo's like, you can't, can't teleport, teleport three th- people. You've never done that. And Adora's like, well, why don't we just use the password? What? And Bo's like, you can read that? And she's like, wait, you, you can't, can't read that? So she reads it. And it's just Eternia. It's literally yeah. the name of the, the planet. There, she's just like, Eternia. It's like if the password to, to your house was Earth. Earth. Which, honestly, probably a pretty strong password. Yeah. 
Nobody, unless you write it down on top of your door, and then like. Yeah. So they all go inside, and the door shuts behind them, and both immediately like, "How could you read that?" Yeah, because it was written in the language of the first ones, which is a language that's been dead for a thousand years. Yeah. And you know, a door was just like the words were on the door, uh, so I read them. I, I don't know what you're talking about. The first ones, and it was like, "Sure, you just know a language that no one else has spoken for centuries," and it's. An ancient leftover of a long-forgotten civilization. Yeah, totally. He specifically says a millennia. Yeah, because Limer does. Because we learn as they explore the first ones, they use they use this time to just give us exposition. Yeah, and we learn that first princes have to recharge their magic. Well, uh, we learn that in a very brief moment after Glimmer does all her sarcastic, like, "Yeah, you totally don't know what that's like." And Dora's like, "Yeah, because I definitely wanted to be a princess. Princesses are fucking monsters." Yeah. And then Glimmer's like, I'm the monster? You're with the Horde. They're the monsters. They kill innocent people. They attack. I know people that have lost things. And Bo's just... So she kind of walks off. And then Bo's like, hey, th- thanks for saving us. And she's like, I wasn't saving you. I just want the sword. And he's like, yeah, sure. You secretly like us, don't you? She's like, you're well, my captain. And then as they talk and explore, we mm-hmm. learn that the first ones were the settlers of Eternia. Yeah. And they just disappeared. Yeah, Thanos showed up and snapped them out of existence. That's what that was. No, well, he didn't show up. It just... Thousand years ago, yeah. Thanos snapped his fingers, and it just happened that every person from the first ones got coin flipped away. Yeah, they have really bad luck. Mm-hmm. And as they're heading in, Bo asks Adora if she can turn on the lights, and she's like, "I, I don't know. I don't know any of their language. I just read the thing because I could read it." And Glimmer's just like, "I can light up the room." And Bo's like, "But you've used up a lot of magic already, and you won't be able to recharge anytime soon. We're pretty far from Bright Moon." And Adora's just like, <laughs> "You have to recharge your magic." Which, to be fair, that's a massive, like... Downside, but also strategic still... Strategic weakness, like... Yeah, like, if, exposing that to horde enemy. It's just like, if we just draw them out into a long game, they only they have so much magic. Like, that's cut. probably part of the reason why they haven't attacked us in the Fright Zone. They have to recharge back at their fort. So yeah, if we if take we, out that... If we could just cut them off from Bright Moon, it's game over. GG, suckers, we win. Yeah, like, what if we stage a tactical attack where we draw a large body of their forces away from Bright Moon send in an insurgency group to capture and destroy Bright Moon so they can't recharge their magic. They'll eventually be tapped over here, and the insurgents that took Bright Moon can then come from the back, and we can crush them. Anyways, um, Glimmer's really upset. She's that, like, but... what the fuck? Why are you telling... Why are you talking about this in front of Herbo? Come on. Yeah. Um, Rightfully so. But Glimmer ends up using a bunch of magic to light up the entire room. And kind of gets faint for a moment. Yeah, uh, and when she does this, a giant stained glass image of She-Ra is revealed, mm-hmm. and Adora reads a... Um, first one's inscription underneath the Shira stained glass. And this is where they learn that that form is called Shira, because that is all it says. Yep, but when she reads this, it summons a hologram of the light of Light Hope. I'm not sure if it's of Light Hope or if the first ones all look similar, because it's blue and the only really distinguishing thing about Light Hope was she looked at circuitry bits and was dark purple. Look, I just assumed it was Light Hope. I assumed it was like a computer programmed, voice activated Light Hope. Yeah, anyways, though, the holograms repeatedly just like, Asking for, like, an authorized user. And she wrote, <clears throat> sorry, Adora doesn't, like, speak at all here, which I think is probably the mistake. Like, yeah. if they just give in Adora the sword and let her go ahead. Yeah, like, it but, repeats that, or on and on and on, because at first Bo's just like, what is that? And it's just like, authorized user, not found. And he's like, what do you mean? And it's just like, authorized user, not found. Glimmer tries and tries, and then Glimmer makes the mistake of touching the shimmery hologram thing that you have no idea where it comes from and also you can't interact with and it's like user not recognized initiating lockdown and because this these ruins are over a thousand years old initiating lockdown means that it's gonna start falling apart yeah like the door is locked down and it it looked like it's going to like normal lockdown procedures and then it's just like man that effort it took to move those walls those walls were the only not those walls those doors were the only thing supporting the uh, superstructure of this building yep they kind of start panicking and then as a last ditch effort Glimmer grabs all three of them, all the other two and herself, and teleports up into the air. Yeah. But before that, Adora tries, because Bo's telling her to try, and she's just going through, like, attorney, uh, blah, 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 stop, whatever. She-Ra. And when she says she she's like, wait, looks at the picture, and she's like, give me the sword. And Bo seems on board, and Glimmer's just like, no, and then teleports the three of them into the sky, where they are now falling to their deaths. And Glimmer's unconscious because she just used the last of her magics. To, pe- to teleport three people that she's never done before into the sky, where they are now falling to their deaths. But luckily, Bo has a variety of different arrows. Um, <clears throat> He's Green Arrow. And he shoots a net one into the trees, and it catches them from their fall. 
They should be dead still because that net had no give. They hit it and just stopped. Yeah, they would have just like kept going. Yeah, like the net had legitimately no give. It looked like a solid platform when they hit that. I mean, maybe it's like a special magic material that negates momentum. Yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. I'm Um, down with that. But anyways, we cut to them on the ground now and Glimmer asks why Adora is still there. She's like... You could have just left. We're not. We're not like a trained security team. We are clearly incompetent. And I'm. I was unconscious. There's no way you couldn't have just like been like, "I'm out, Bo. Fuck off," and and like walked out. Yeah. And then door's like, "Look, some weird shit's going on with me. Okay, I have weird magical powers. All of a sudden, there's something going on with the sword. Plus, you know, I'm adopted. I never know where it came from. I kind of just want answers now. I just want to know what's going on with me, the sword, everything. Yeah. And. Bo just seems on board. We see Glimmer staring at the horde badge on Adora's chest. And then Bo's just like, come on, let's go. There's a nearby village. It'll probably help us get back to Bright Moon. Then back in the academy, Shadow Weaver is interrogating Catra about Adora's whereabouts. I'd like to start off this. She's starting. We start the scene with her with a cauldron being served by hand, not with like a stick, with a hand in the cauldron, like stirring. So I have to assume it's not hot, in which case, why does it have to be a cauldron if we're going for, like, a weird witch aesthetic? That just feels weird. And Shadow Weaver's using the cauldron to, like, spy on Adora. Yeah, obviously. But she's also interrogating Catra about where Adora's at. And Catra's like, I, I don't know. She's like, I know you know where she went. Like, You're lying to me. And I know where she's at anyways. And, and Catra's like, like, why the fuck do you ask me then? She's like, well, I was going to see if I could trust you, but obviously I can't. Anyways, you're going to be the only ghost to get her. And Catra's like, why would I do that? Well, if you don't, the punishment she would face will just be yours instead. Yep, that's the end of that scene. We cut back to the Whispering Woods, and the trios happens onto the vi- happens onto a village having a festival. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, so you gotta ditch your jacket, because you look like you're from the Horde, and people are gonna freak the fuck out. So they take off her jacket, and she's like, okay, what now? Glimmer pulls off like a cape and puts it on her shoulder into like a, a clasp. Yeah, yeah and, and Adora's just like, I don't like this. And Bo's was like, like y- that's because we're not done yet. You need one more thing. Picks up a flower, sticks it in her hand. She's like, Ugh, I don't like it. We also learn here that Adora doesn't know what a festival is. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, Bo's it's just like, like, it's like a party. A big party for an entire town. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, you know what a party is, right? And she's like, of course I know what a party is. Yeah, what are those things? Yeah, they're really. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. And Bo's just like, you don't know what a party is? What do you do for your birthday? And she's like, birthday. Wait, you have birthdays? How do you even live? He lives such a sad life. life. And then he takes her around the village as we get showing a, her. Yeah, we get a uh, montage of Adora experiencing a festival. Honestly, this entire scene um, is really endearing to the character of Adora. Like, it's enduring and it's humorous as well because it's just like, look, she's eating. And it's just like, picks up food, tastes it. Oh my God, this is what food tastes like. Slams it on her face, like starry-eyed watching someone tell stories and stuff. And then the best part. We see her and Bo standing there, and then her eyes go all glimmery, and she's like, what is that? It's so majestic. Cut uh, to a horse. A horse? Adora is canonically a horse girl, calling it. <laughs> and she, he's just like, do you want to go over? She's like, no, I couldn't. And he's like, uh, no, let's go. And he starts to push her. She goes all weak, and she's like, no. And she is us, like in awe and delighted, but also vaguely scared. And then the horse like just rubs, her, rubs his head against her hair, and she's, I'm pretty sure she could die now and be happy in this moment. She literally says, this is the best day ever. And then an explosion. Yeah, then, then obviously an explosion. That's like that's like cartoon or television cue 101, for, yeah. for everything now goes wrong. And uh, the Horde is attacking. And Glimmer's just like, what are they doing? Why are they attacking Thamor? And Adora's like, wait, this is Thamor? This can't be Thamor. Thamor. And Glimmer's like, you knew about this? And Adora's like, kind of, but... This wasn't supposed to be a civilian town. It's supposed to be... Our information said Thamor was a heavily fortified rebellion fortress. And Glimmer's like, does it look like they fucking care? Literally drags Adora out of the cover they've taken to watch as the Horde attacks the city. He's like, does it look like they fucking care? Yeah. So Adora pulls off her blue shawl that they gave her and is like, I'm I'm going to go stop this. You guys save as many people as you can. Yep. This has got to be just a big misunderstanding. So you know that episode of Black Mirror where the soldiers have like heads up displays and they're fighting these weird monsters yeah okay part of me wonders if the helmets that the horde members we see are wearing are like that where like horde and them have gone to the extent of we've manipulated these people so much that literally these heads up displays that we purposely make seem shitty in simulation training 
are actually really, really good. So we make them think this is an actual threat. Mm. So they're unaware that they're just murdering innocent people. No idea. Although they don't make Catra wear one of the helmets, so... Yeah, but Catra was immediately, is immediately, like, when confronted, like, yeah, duh. Yeah, so Adora steps in front of a tank, and out pops Catra, and she tackles Adora. In in a very similar manner as to yeah. when she first happened. She's just, like, excited to see Adora, like, hey, fuck, I was just riding in a tank, and I found my best friend. I gotta blow stuff up, Adora. Dude, let me drive a fucking tank. It was so much fun, and Adora's but like... these this this isn't a fortress like we were told. And she's like, yeah, duh. Have you bought into all all of their shit this entire time Adora? shadow weaver literally just manipulates us that's what she's done since we were kids she lives for that shit are you that naive and adora's like yeah but these are civilians we can't just be killing them they've done nothing to us they're not a threat and catra laughs like straight up laughs yeah. at adora and adora's just like you can come with me we don't have to go back and catra's just like what no and i was like why and catra's just like you after like just a few hours you said it with these people over me um, also, at the very beginning of their confrontation, after Catra dive and tackles Adora, and they're both standing back up, Catra's like, what's that? And Adora pulls the flower out of her hair and stomps on it. Yeah. She's like, uh, nothing. And also, Catra like, immediately mocks her. She's like, what did you get like captured the moment you walked out of the fright zone? Yeah. There's also a moment here when Adora's trying to convince Catra to like not attack these people, and that it's an innocent civilian place, and Catra's like, well, yeah, but they did kidnap a Horde officer. Yeah, and like... Adora's trying to convince Catra that this isn't the right thing to do, and Catra's like, yeah, but I don't care. As long as I have my best friend with me, it's going to be okay, and eventually we'll be the ones leading the horde, so it won't matter. Yeah, and then we cut to Bo and Glimmer, who have just apparently gotten everyone out that they could. Yes. And Glimmer's just like, we're doomed, and Bo's like, wait, what? You're the one saying we're doomed? You're the one that always fights, and Glimmer's like... Yeah, I'm out of magic. There's a horde. You're almost out of arrows. Every decision I've made recently has just been shit. And Bo's like, no, 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 no. You're good. And Glimmer's like, and Bo's like, you can do this, Glimmer. And Glimmer's like, we need a Dora. And Bo's just like, wait, what? But didn't she just sell us out? And Glimmer's like, I don't know if she did. And we forgot to mention at the end of the Catra Adora scene, Catra chases Adora. Yeah, Adora goes to walk away and Catra hits her in the back with a stun baton. Mm -hmm. And then... While Adora's on the ground squirming, Catra hits her again with the stun baton. Well, Adora, like, vaguely goes to get up, and Catra just hits her again. She's like, I'm so sorry. That was a reflex. I didn't realize this thing was that strong. Yeah. I couldn't tell if Catra was being sincere here or if she's just a cruel, cruel person. Yeah. And then Adora's like, why? Why did you do this? And Catra's like, well, you left me. Yeah. And Shadow Weaver said, I have to bring you back, or, you know, she'll have my head. Mm -hmm. And then she shocks Adora for the third time. Yep. Glimmer and Bo then show up to save her. On horseback. Yep. Glimmer teleports Adora away to, to like, mm -hmm. apologize and give her the sword and stuff. Unfortunately, though, that means Bo has to 1v1 Catra. Which, initially, in this surprise, he catches her in another net arrow, and she falls down, aggravated and angry. And, basically, Bo and Catra go 1v1 for a while, and he Catra... Tackles her, she tackles him off the horse, mm -hmm. and he's out of arrows. And he basically gets surrounded by Horde members and Catra. Yep. Now, sword back in hand, and a horde mech charging at her and Glimmer. Adora yells the mighty words for the honor of Skull. Well, before that, we do have Adora and Glimmer together, and it's just Glimmer apologizing for being kind of a jerk in the temple. I already said that. Did you? Yeah, I said okay. she teleports her away to apologize and give her the sword. Yeah. I didn't go into the, all the details with it, but yeah. Yeah, she gets all teary-eyed and annoying. Yeah. And, yeah, she goes all She-Ra and proceeds to cut the barrel off a tank. Well, she one-shot this mech first. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then she shows up where Bo is, surrounded by the Horde. And when she shows up, she sticks her sword in the ground and sends out a shockwave. Mm -hmm. And, it, like, disables several mechs and disorientates and, like, knocks several soldiers down. But a tank then turns its cannon to face them. Mm -hmm. And she just cuts the tank cannon off. The guy gets out of the tank, goes to attack. She basically just knocks him down. Then a robot tries to attack. She grabs its leg, swings it, and throws it away. Yeah, this giant mech, she just grabs it by the leg and, like, one hand slams it. Mm -hmm. And while that's happening, we see Catra kind of slink away. And, and the then order a retreat. Yeah, they, they flee in terror as they shit their pants. And then in the smoke of the battle, Catra sees Adora shift back. Well, she sees Shira shift and change back into Adora. Yeah, and Adora and Catra catch eyes, and Adora's just like, Catra, and then Catra glares and backs menacingly away into the smoke and shadow. 
And then Adora, laying on the ground, realizes that she's turned against the Horde and the only home she's ever known. Well, it's and it's amusing at a moment because Bo and Glimmer like run up and tackle Hugger, and they're just like, "We did it! They're gone!" And Adora gets caught, and she's like, "Yeah, I did it! I did! I betrayed the Horde." Oh no, she's like, she she repeats the same sentence twice. She's like, "Yeah, I did it! I betrayed the Horde!" And then she's like, "Yeah, uh, I, I betrayed did it! I betrayed the, the Horde. Horde! I can't go home. <clears throat> Where am I gonna go? I can't go anywhere." And then Glimmer's just like, "You're gonna come back to Bright Moon with us." And that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. What's your final thoughts on episode two, Justice? Well, that's not the final episode. We get a joke stinger, whereas they're walking away, Bo's like, whose horse is this? End of episode. Yeah. So what's your final thoughts on episode two, Justice? She run the princesses of power. It's good. I'm down with it. I think it's rather enjoyable overall. Definitely worth a watch. I'm not super invested in it after these two episodes. I'm not like, I have to go watch more, but I'm definitely down to watch more. Yeah, mm-hmm. the show is very good. I enjoyed both of these episodes and other than the breakneck speed of the two both episodes it's very like there's nothing to complain about like and if that's my complaint like again it's not a complaint that's me saying oh this was too fast to take notes but it is a perfect pace to watch the show at and also the episode two like that breakneck speed doesn't feel as intense because even though it is still like the plot's moving just as fast we're not moving back and forth between the Horde and the Rebellion as much. And we're not getting as much of a um, exposition dump when we do get it. I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of exposition in episode two. I'm saying we don't get as as much at once when it happens. And other than that, like, anytime I'm complaining about the speed of a show, if I'm saying it's too fast, it's probably not an actual issue. Like, that is such a faux complaint, I've noticed, because... It's too fast to take notes. It's yeah. not too fast to enjoy. But we have also made that remark about how something felt like there's a difference between it feeling rushed and the show actually being fast paced. Rushed means the show does not handle its own pacing well. Yeah, like Swamp Thing completely misses out on a whole bunch of like story set stuff that it's trying to set up mm-hmm. in the first two episodes because it's rushing too hard. This doesn't do that. And I know you disagree with me about the Swamp Thing thing. That's my Yeah, I don't take. think it rushes. Yeah. But I I think I think Swamp, Swamp thing, thing attempts to retain that mystery around things. But doesn't establish it super well, but I don't think it rushes anything. I think it skips some things because it moves too fast and then moves too slow in other parts. But yeah. that's one thing we already talked about. There's a difference between something being a bit too fast-paced. That's generally for us. If we're taking notes, it's too fast-paced to take notes at a comfortable speed. But it is not rushed, which is inherently something about the show being wrong. I can't think of a show we've watched that has been like rushed. Maybe Candidate, Pilot Candidate. Yeah, that felt very like rushed because they were just like, we have to get to giant mechs, but we also have to explain everything about these giant mechs. How do we explain everything about these giant mechs? What if we explain this character's backstory? Well, we can't just explain this character's backstory. We have to explain how the giant mechs came to be, and we have to explain all these pilots who are currently piloting the giant mechs. We also have to explain how the pilots work into the pilot giant mechs and how they're chosen to be pilots. And also, we need to explain these two other characters who just showed up. Also, we should touch on that teacher. Yeah, jumping back to Shira, Shira. I have to say, with Adora and Catra being two of the main characters, they did a really good, just a really strong job of developing these characters in the two episodes. Yeah, it because did a really good job of like establishing their friendship in two episodes. Also, where they probably have like maybe eight minutes of screen time together. Mm-hmm. And even like going on that, like Adora, it's very easy to fall in love with Adora as a character, especially with the festival in episode two. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very easy to be like, oh hey, this is just a girl who has basically been brainwashed and lied to her entire yeah. life, and she's finally experiencing the real world. And with Catra, like, it's completely reasonable to see her side. Like, Catra, like... This is a girl who, when we've seen her interact with the people, they're not, they don't really like her. They don't like the way she do things. But she has this friend who is there for her and has been there for her. And now her friend's just disappeared. And the only thing she really cares about is the friend she has known her entire life. Yep. And now she doesn't have that friend because her friend, from her point of view, has betrayed her and walked out on yeah. everything they've ever known. It's a very good character development for two episodes. Agreed. The character I'd say that gets the least development is Bo. And I feel like just from these two episodes that Bo's going to go forward to become like classic himbo, but I'm great with that. Yeah, but I, I like Bo. They're lovable more, and great. I like Bo more than I like... Um, Glimmer? Glimmer, yeah. I well, don't like Glimmer at all. Glimmer is not horrible. I like her powers. Yeah, teleporting's cool, but mm-hmm. I don't like Glimmer. Agreed. But yeah, no, I like this show. I'm going to watch more episodes. Excited to see more episodes when I get around to them eventually. Currently binge-watching Supernatural and Burn Notice. Yeah. Anyways, though, She-Ra, a watch, definitely. Yeah. Definitely a watch, yeah. I don't think, like, some shows are watch if or watch but. Like, I don't think there's a clause on this. I think it's just watch She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Yeah, no, just watch no She-Ra who, and Princesses no of Power. No matter who you are, age demographic, gender demographic, 
Doesn't matter. And watch if you, it. If you want to watch it, it is on Netflix. I think mm-hmm. all five seasons are on Netflix. Yeah, it should be. Because it's a Netflix original show. So if you have Netflix or you steal somebody else's Netflix. For the honor of Grayskull, watch She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. 100%. Now, if you want to get in contact with us, your co-pilots, who have slogged through Star Wars and Monster by Mistake and the and slogged through the terrible, terrible show that was She-Ra. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. She-Ra was amazing. You can reach us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at copilotsreview, where most of the time, at least a day before we release the episode, we post a set of images or so to kind of tease what the episode will be about. Yeah, teaser images. There's just a little, like, a little thing we like to do. I don't think, I don't know if anybody's, like, caught on to what those are. Yeah, which is why I thought I'd mention them. Like, (coughs) some of them feel vaguely clever, some of them are just blatantly out there, and some of them are just dumb. Like this entire podcast. I know you. I know the monster mistake one. You had, I miss like a, a female steak cut of steak with like a pageant ribbon that said Miss Steak. And was it like a can of monster next to her? Was that the, the no, no, no? It was Solly from Monster. Oh Jane. yeah, yep, that's what it was. So it was a monster by Miss Steak. Um, yeah, we do that. It's, they're just jokes, puns, which is hilarious because Justice here has always claimed he hates puns. I don't really like them, but I like the idea of trying to tease the show in some way. And the easiest way is to do the title. And the easiest way to do that is puns. Yeah, so that's a thing we've been doing. But in, in addition to our Twitter, you can reach us on, you can find our Twitter, our Discord, our YouTube, everything else at our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Yes. And also, if you could... If you're feeling nice and generous, wherever you listen to this podcast at, if it has a uh, ability to review us there, please do. Reviews help drive traffic to the show so other people can find this show and know that they don't need to watch Monster by Mistake because they can just listen to us talk about how terrible that was. Yeah. And, you know, it can be a good review talking about how much you like our podcast or it can be a bad review telling people how much they shouldn't listen to our podcast. Just a review as you wish. Hell, you don't even have to talk about it. It's just... In that case, we're not even talking about what we do. I would appreciate it being a five stars so you can, you know, make people see your opinion because it'll be <laughs> up there because those review sites usually show you the lowest rating reviews and the top rating reviews. Throw out your weird, entirely incorrect opinion about whatever and drop a five star review on it so other people see your wildly incorrect opinion about things. Or drop your fan fiction about Johnny the Ghost and Warren's relationship in the five star review category. Or what I assume is very popular... Uh, She-Ra cat ship. I have to assume that's popular with fan fiction No, writers. 100% it is. Like, I, yeah. Like, I saw to. it on my Twitter, like, back when I wasn't even, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, though, this has been Copilots. Thank, Thank you, you for, for flying, flying with, with us. us. Please fly again soon. <laughs> <laughs>